you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. The Around the NFL Podcast. Doesn't like other sports. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is happening? What is going on? By the way, that's not true that we don't like other sports. Wes Monster, uh, San Antonio Spurs fan. That's yep. true. He's a little I, nervous, by the way. 2 2 now. I That's used to be a softball fan until last Thursday night. Oh, wow. Uh oh. We're going there again. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Mark is really the only one Not who doesn't movie. like other sports. I, I'm jumping back it's, on it's the a Red time Sox factor. Again. I love tennis. We've got so much available time, yeah. and it. You know, watching or latching on to another sport does not crack my top 50 of things I want to do during the NFL offseason. It's about escapism. When you're working in a cubicle at some law firm, mm. football is your escape. When you're covering football all day, sports are no longer what you want to escape to when you get home. Softball's supposed to be your guys' escape. <laughs> well, it was, it it was took, an escape from fun. Before the game week. even started Thursday night, I was watching warm-ups and realized that my little uh, diva act – about the starting lineup where I was batting meant absolutely nothing. I could have batted 27th in this game, and it wouldn't have mattered. I, I don't know why we're talking about softball again to lead the show, but I, I will say <laughs> it was on Cinco de Mayo the game was played, and I got to the field about a half hour before as a good captain slash manager, Mr. Manager. And uh, when half my team rolled in a little woozy <laughs> for first pitch, that's when I knew the game was over. It had nothing to do with the outcome. They were And Wes 80- was with some of those people. I just want to say that's that's my number three hitter. 
No, I'm not your number three hitter, so if you're not going to put wow. me third, I might as well have a few pops before. <laughs> well, wait, and don't bury the lead here, Dan. I got Reggie Jackson over here. The fearless, fearless leader on top of the team is terrible. Let's start with there. But on top of it, <laughs> yeah. you you come out of the game just a waste of three hours of your time with a torn hamstring. I tore my hamstring, yeah, on the second to last <laughs> play of the game. Of all things, on a ground ball to second, down 21-6. Um, I had a, a tear in my hamstring, blood. Under the skin. Very disgusting. Very painful. I could not bend down all weekend, which made uh, Mother's Day on Sunday a lot of fun. When you're you're a big part of Mother's Day, and uh, Wes, one day you will learn the same thing, uh, is you're supposed to kind of pick up the mantle of, of almost both parents. You're supposed to be the one doing the heavy lifting. To say the least. And let and let mom enjoy her day, as she certainly does deserve right. it. We have, we're all very lucky to have great wives. Uh, but that's very hard to do when you have a two, almost a two-year-old and a torn hamstring trying to run around, bend over. He's asking for you to pick him up every, like, 31 seconds. Uh, just a total a total misery show for the old Zeuser on Sunday. Let the record show in a game which we had no chance to win, down at least 15 runs. The old Zeuser was hustling down the first baseline. Stu- literally, if I had to make a list of the 10 stupidest things <laughs> I've ever done, it was busting it down the first baseline, down 21-6 in the last inning. Two spots with up a- on that list, forming the softball team to begin with. <laughs> I saw the sniper up in the trees when you went down like a sack of potatoes Oof. at first base. Ooh, I, I didn't go quite – I almost went collapse, which would have been even more tragic. But two big signings, by the way, softball team. We have some issues on the on the female side of the ball, uh, not pointing fingers, but we need to, to juice up the roster on that side. Two big signings over the weekend. So we'll see if it makes a difference, and we'll keep you guys track uh, – you know, keep you guys up to date. I know a lot of people are interested – and before you write it off, Mark, we're only one and one. I believe that's I put it. in a Mark- ton of work this weekend in a behind-the-scenes scouting project that someone else can take credit for when it works. Your due diligence, <laughs> your due diligence is something to behold. I would just say anyone on the roster, male or female, that continues to not perform, we've got other options. <laughs> Absolutely. Today's podcast um, is a solid one. I'm going to give it a, a pre-show grade of a B plus. That's like your default pre-show. Nice, steady pre-show. I mean, if it was less than a B-plus, I'd be worried about the direction of the show in general. Uh, <laughs> but I'm proud of the show, and I believe every show has the potential to be a, an A, but it's got to start somewhere, and that's B-plus. And what we're going to do today – how are you doing, Greg? I'm great. Yeah? I'm fantastic. You're watching some tennis on Mother's Day. That's kind of cheating. What do you mean? Not at all. You're watching the Spanish Open, I heard. What are you talking about? No, not on Mother's Day. <laughs> Is there a Spanish Open? Uh, Madrid, you know, wrapped up. I watched Saturday. Some good some good action Saturday. Yeah. That was not Mother's Day, though, yeah. yeah. Um, well, good to see you, the boss. <laughs> uh, a good uh, topic today. We're, this segment, it's going to be a segment called Over Under on Rookies <clears throat> and using one of those – what are they called? Ampersands? Ampersand? Ampersand? Mm. Amper. Yeah. Ampersand? Old, place, old faces slash new places. So we're going we're to take all the rookies, all the guy veterans that are in new places, and I will uh, throw out some over-unders on their production in the 2016 season, and uh, we'll see uh, where we all come down. And, and you guys are always welcome to throw in some of your own. Uh, so that's going to be fun. News is fun, too. The news is fun, fun. There's always a ton of stuff to talk about in the NFL, even in this quiet time. So why don't we get to it? Uh, the Irishman behind the glass. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Dan. Great. Uh, would you mind if we started the news? Of course. 
You want to hear a lie? What? I think you're great. You're my best friend. Anybody? Ah, uh, you've lost me on that one. It's usually The Office. Yeah, that would be my guess. But I don't. Is I don't it really The Office? It. Yeah, it's Michael the Toby. Uh, is it late period Office? Season five. All right, so you're still leaning a little on the late side, bro. Oh, dude, I want five. Come on, man. The, the other one was like eight that I did. So let's if we're gonna use. All right, I'm gonna make a rule here, and I, you know I love your work behind the glass. But and I don't follow your rules, but go on. Listen. Wow. <laughs> you won't work here anymore. Um, I won't after October anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, I will shut you down completely, Irishman, if you don't listen to me right now. <laughs> Season one through three of The Office is the only drops you're allowed to use. I don't want to be this guy, but I got to be because, Mark, you know, anything past season four, it's a nightmare. I agree with you on this whole Total case study in our nation's inability to cut a show off when they should. That's fair. Complete inability to do that. Like friends after the first four episodes. Uh, You know, Wes, you're showing your age there. I'm sorry it's not MASH. I don't don't even watch MASH. (laughs) (laughs) Suicide is All right. You okay, Brandon? I'm sorry. Oh, no, we're It's just, you know. It's banter. It might be a millennial thing, like they thought The Office was a show that should be looked at as a as a whole. But let's, you know, Greg is. I'm gonna look. Greg up wants it. us to get into the news. No, I just swiftly. Have, well, it's because I'm not allowed to share my opinions, which is like The Office eh, in general. Why aren't you? What, why aren't you? Well, allowed? a you just did. Well, I know, but What's you guys with the don't martyr like routine. I've, I've made I've made that <laughs> no martyr routine. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. I just called the back end of the show a waste that's, of time. That's true. No. Solid. That's okay if you didn't like it that much. I mean, I watched it a couple seasons, and that was that was good. Okay. That was, that was enough. I liked hearing your opinion on it, Greg. Wow. <laughs> this is a new turn. Greg's not allowed to give his opinion. Apparently. <laughs> Let's get going with Sam Bradford, who, uh, you know, he sent his, his agent out to do a lot of dirty work in the last few weeks, uh, calling up any radio station that would have him to uh, to spread the word that Sam Bradford did not want to be in Philadelphia anymore. He wanted to be with a team that saw him as a long-term solution. But guess what, Mark Sessler? He didn't have any leverage, uh, Sam Bradford. So guess what? He has to get to work. So NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported that uh, Bradford officially returned to the Eagles facility Monday morning. Um, we, de- we then saw some clips online and on Twitter of Bradford in action. So he is back. Uh, he released a statement. I'm excited to be back on the field today with my teammates and coaches. The business side of football is sometimes a necessary consideration. Blah, 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 blah. Greg, your thoughts? None of this mattered. I didn't have that big of a problem with him doing it ahead of time. He was trying to exercise the little leverage that he could to see if he could be the starting quarterback of the Broncos. That's basically what Ian Rappaport reported today. I mean, they they were hoping that something could work out for Denver. It didn't work. He should have just returned immediately after the draft when he realized it didn't work. He waits a week. He missed a couple of meaningless weeks, and he'll be their starter week one. I'm so sick of everybody trying to exercise whatever scant leverage they have Yeah. instead of doing the common sense thing. The guy's been the most overpaid player in football since he entered the league. He's about the 28th best quarterback in the NFL. Go compete. I'm sorry. I, I agree with that vantage point, too. Like, I totally understand everyone that has a big problem with it. I'm coming at it more that it's not going to end up impacting the Eagles at all, that he's going to be their starter. I'd be su- really surprised if he was One of the quicker heel turns by a not a star player but a well-known quarterback that we've seen because even if he was massively underwhelming with the Rams, there was a lot of optimism that he could have some sort of a comeback story and tell a nice tale 
last year at this time, last August. You know, so at this point now, the minute that statement came out, all it was was panned and snark and people just shooting it down and seeing him as completely insincere. He was in a bad spot if he didn't battle this situation, but he looks just like a bad teammate at this point to a lot of people. Well, right. He could not have done more in in quicker time to get... I mean, nothing happened. Nothing could have gone any worse in this scenario. He basically just annoyed the entire city of Philadelphia and got absolutely nothing out of it. Uh, you know, it's uh, the quiet time of the year when there's a star player saying he can defy the odds and play to an age that no one has ever thrived at before. Adrian Peterson was that guy. An interview with Monday Morning Quarterback. He said that he uh, he's 31 years old now, coming off a rushing title. He believes he can play at a high level until he's 40 years old. Peterson also had to say this about his team, the Minnesota Vikings, who, of course, won um, double-digit games and made the playoffs last year. Uh, we are going to have a good chance to win it this year, win everything, he told Peter King. Sit back and watch. Sit back and watch. You can be like, I thought you guys were at least a couple years away. Nope. You sit back and watch. This year, guys, Wes, what is more likely that Adrian Peterson is a productive running back at age 40 or the Vikings win the Super Bowl this year? Vikings win the Super Bowl this year? Is either is it, likely? No. Is is it just me or does Adrian Peterson tell this story to Peter King every year now? Well, he always says he's going <laughs> to play till forty. He always says he's going to run for twenty five hundred. Going to break Emmitt Smith's yeah. record. This is like the same story every off season. I'm going to play forever. The Vikings. I, I don't know. I'm just not sold on their quarterback. And unless you have the Denver Broncos defense, you're not winning the Super Bowl without a high end quarterback. Big year for Teddy Bridgewater. Obviously, Adrian Peterson thinks a lot of him. Uh, to think that they have a chance to really surprise people and go deep in the playoffs and win it all. But he really needs to take that next step. Maybe what they did uh, by going and getting uh, Treadwell on offense, that will make a big difference, adding uh, Treadwell to Stefan Diggs in their wideout court. I think they'd be on the list of 10 teams that could win a Super Bowl this year at the back end of that list, but I'd put them on it. I mean, there's been much more surprising Super Bowl champions than them, I think, going in- into a season. Okay. I'd I don't disagree. I like their, like their coach a lot. They would be at the very back end of that list for me. And when it comes to Peterson, I, I'll believe that of all the running backs we've seen, he's the chance to play deeper into his career and still be productive. But the history is not on your side. The list of 30-plus age running backs that have even had 1,000 yards is very slim. I think the odds are he's going to end up being the greatest old running back in NFL history. Sure. The title, which now is held by John Riggins. Larry Zonka. I'm trying to think of guys that had big mid 30s. Didn't they used it's to? It's like Emmett Smith had some thousand yards. John Henry season. Johnson, old Steelers running back. I believe John Riggins. I believe my boy Curtis Martin is the oldest player to win a rushing title at age yeah. 32. So it's these guys fall off very. Th- this is a big year for Adrian Peterson because you don't know how much longer he'll be AP, even if he thinks he will be AP forever. Speaking of a player that fell off, Peyton Manning. Tough year, final year in the league, but. You know, feel better with that uh, Lombardi trophy in the Super Bowl w- ring. Now he's out of the league, retired, of course. Uh, Sheck owes the sandwiches. Has anybody heard a peep from Sheck about because he said that uh, Manning would have a front office job by the draft, mm. cost himself three sandwiches, have not heard anything from Might Dave. be the biggest sandwich connoisseur 
that we know. Yeah. So I would hope we got to track. These are going to be high level Santa. Track that. Good luck. Close. I haven't even gotten mine. I haven't even gotten my two that I won from him last year. <laughs> All right. Oh, little deadbeat. That might be grounds to, to take away the shows. Deadbeat Damashek. Yeah, we might have to get uh, Sheck in here to talk about the situation that's brewing. But anyway, so Peyton Manning has time on his hands, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald reports that Peyton visited Dolphins headquarters earlier the, earlier this spring to meet with his former offensive coordinator, Adam Gase, who now, of course, is the coach of the Dolphins, and to help instruct quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Here's a quote from Tannehill, Mark Sessler. It was really cool. A guy that had his career, the living legend that he is, coming off a Super Bowl winning season, it was really cool just to be able to sit back and pick his brain about things he's done in this offense and football in general. Do uh, you think this could make a difference? Do you think Ryan Tannehill, a guy who's entering a – if listen, Teddy Bridgewater is entering a huge year. What does that mean for Ryan Tannehill? It's even bigger. Would this help him? I think if he if it blooms into the, the situation where Tannehill and, and Manning could text back and forth during the year and he can bounce stuff off him – it is a great situation. It also tells me that anyone that thinks we're not going to see Manning for the next five, ten years involved in some sort of football scenario, nonsense. He can't stay away from the game. But I think it's a great start because under the current CBA, these guys can't meet with their coaches. And you can't. You, Tannehill's just sitting there waiting to get knowledge and to learn about the new scheme. This was a perfect fill in the you know the quiet time of the year situation. Are you suggesting Adam Gase uh, surreptitiously used? Peyton Manning as a sort of coaching Trojan horse and cheated. Look at you, Greg. Nice. I think you're suggesting that. <laughs> I think uh, if good use of Trojan horse, though. <laughs> Thank you. If I'm a Dolphins fan, my favorite part of this story is that Adam Gase carries that much respect with Peyton Manning that he can just yeah. Those two were so tight, though. I mean, we How about you know reading between the lines as well. Kevin Patra pointed out in his write up on this. Uh, you know, if we don't see Peyton Manning working with Paxton Lynch and the and the well, Broncos, but he's down in Miami with his old boy Adam Gase, a little bad blood with the Denver side of things. I, like I don't think it's bad blood; it's awkward blood. We should be playing. What it, uh, I don't know awkward blood. I don't know what the word, blood. Blood. The the word is. Drop. But I I would <laughs> yeah, agree. I think Patra hit the nail on the head there. He's not helping out. He's not helping out Kubiak and the Broncos. I don't. Think. But remember those stories of Manning and Gase like texting yeah. until two in the morning about just random. They, they, it was I almost think, inappropriate. Like their, their wives know about this. It, it is a good. I don't know the answer to that. It's yet. a good sign. It it supports something. I I led. Uh, we did a. I did a post collateral benefits. Who who had a good draft for veterans? I mean Ryan Tannehill, for. For a guy who struggled last year and is kind of in a key year of his career, they are doing everything possible to support him, whether it's draft picks, whether it's you know just saying he's our guy, there's no question, not signing any backups, uh, getting a good coach that is a quarterback tutor, getting you – now you get Peyton Manning in the mix. Like They are doing everything humanly possible for Ryan Tannehill to work. So maybe I shouldn't give up on him yet. All right. Ooh, you're back on. Well, I don't know. I, I did – Back I did drop it. Tannehill bandwagon. Which, Number one in our making no, the leap. I'm not. I'm not back on. Which one occupies the penthouse in your stable of boys? Geno Smith or Ryan? <laughs> Neither one is dark. There. Neither one is <laughs> there. dark. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, Cameron Wake has agreed to a contract extension with the team. Uh, the deal. Uh, is uh, extends him through the 2017 season, so that's two years. The deal includes 10 million guaranteed, can make almost 18 million over the next two years. Rap sheet reported. Uh, same Cameron Wake, sneaky old, by the way. Yes, he is sneaky old Hall of Fame. 
uh, <laughs> 34 years old, coming off a torn Achilles that ended a season midway through uh, last year, but has been one of the best pass rushers in the league when healthy uh, since about 2010 or so, I'd say. Um, and now he sticks around with a Miami team that also, of course, brought in Mario Williams. Uh, what do you guys think about this move? I think it's an example of a team that hasn't managed its cap well having to hold its nose and do something that they don't want to do. I've, I've talked about how oh, cap problems are overrated. You can always figure ways around them. Well, how you figure ways around them is giving $10 million guaranteed to a guy that's in that's coming off a torn Achilles and is 34 years old and you and you have to put him on the team the next two years when you have no idea if he's going to be healthy or not, but it lowers his cap number for this year, and that was what they were trying to do. <laughs> Pretty damning review. Hard to no, it's not, it's not, I'm just saying these, <laughs> well, are the, right. these are the types of things you have to do because otherwise like he seemed like a guy that might get cut. They're saying he won't even start, and he was going to get paid $8 million this year. So that's a weird – it's a weird combination. We have a model for this, Robert Mathis. Around the same age, ruptured his Achilles tendon, came back, had about seven sacks, but almost a non-factor. Uh, other pay cut news. Danny Amendola uh, is staying with the Patriots, but it cost him. Rap Sheet reports that the wideout has agreed to a restructured two-year deal that will pay him $7.35 million with another seven fifty k available in bonuses and incentives. Uh, he was initially slated to make $12 million over the next two years. Uh, so it's a big haircut industry term uh, for a guy that now is competing with Seven uh, Eleven. Always open, Chris Hogan. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on this? Well, it's unheard. Of. Well, I can't remember a guy taking a pay. By the way, can I just say uh, when? Where did this come from that we didn't want to hear Greg's opinion? I don't know. That's, what was that's that about? Me. We I, love hearing. I didn't your mean it on anything. It wasn't that I didn't think you wanted to hear. I didn't want to be the turd in the punch bowl telling you guys this show that means so much to you. That's your favorite show of all time, you've said, early in the season. And then you don't want to be the guy who's like, yeah, that's a, it's not that good. Well, it was, minutes, that, that's all. It it was minutes before the episode when I had suggested a book for people to read. And Greg <laughs> basically just said, nah, don't waste your time, dumb book. And like, <laughs> I so then it was that. like in real time, like five minutes later, he'd have to well, be panning a show that you love. And suddenly, uh, well, no, he's now, playing politics well. Now well, we have a little bit of context. Wes. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. that had not, I forgot about Am I wrong? Yeah. I, I, also, you said immediately after, the, oh, no, don't don't worry. Yeah, I was like, I feel, you know, I was. I <laughs> could care less what you think about the book, but that when you start to piece <laughs> well, together the history, you're, you're raining on everyone's parade. Well, you probably slowed your roll well, a little bit. It, the the <laughs> problem, part of the book problem, by the way, not to sidebar too far. Yeah. Everyone gets all excited. Everyone gets on these group texts of, oh, we're starting a book club. Everyone read this book. Like, we're reading it right now. It's like, all right, I'm not going to get left out of the, this book yeah. thing. I love books. So I drop a book I'm in love with to crank through Libra <laughs> with, by DeLillo, which was a slog, thinking I'm falling behind. And I'm like, you know, I see the text back. Oh, it's like six months later. No one's read the book <laughs> except for Gonzo, John Gonzalez. Yeah, for me, reality set, and I got the book, and then I realized that between work and <laughs> trying to maintain a marriage and a young child, that Don DeLeo's book is not high up on the yeah, list. Yeah, meanwhile, I had a all out, understandable. Out of, I mean, it's out of it. all understandable. I'm, I'm powering through trying to get it done in like ten days or so. so I can, See, sort of, again with the martyr scenario. You and I have poor Greg has to read a book. You and I have total <laughs> opposing views on books. Okay. My philosophy is life's too short to stay with a bad book. 
You've got a hundred other books that could interest you. Go Eject read those. Eject out. But you think there's By the way, not rigorous... a bad book. That is No, no, it's not a bad book. There are parts of it. rigorous intellectual discipline in staying with a book no. and seeing it all the way through, Greg's trying even to, if it doesn't move. He's trying now, to position was... himself as a team player. It was part of the book club. I didn't want to let the team down. Me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's about me. That's Points what this to was. you for finishing it. I didn't think it was that bad a book. You just it is widely regarded as, yeah, as a it. masterwork. I mean, if you don't like it, that's your enough. opinion. Good for you. Have enough of that. All right. Amandola, go ahead. Oh, the <laughs> Amandola. Who even cares about this guy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amandolillo. It, it's a reminder of how bad the owners and teams have players over a barrel in contracts. The Amandola, who was a big part of them winning the Super Bowl two years ago, ended up taking pay cuts in back-to-back <clears throat> seasons, which is unheard of. And yet you never see them just offer Julian Edelman a nice big bump after they get him signed to a wildly underperforming contract. But if Amendola's 25% worse than you thought he was going to be, take a pay cut or you're taking a hike. Well, I, your point on Edelman is well said, but I think I, I look at this like Amendola and the Patriots use common sense. Amendola isn't good enough to make 5 or $6 million. He's a very good second, third receiver, fourth fiddle in your offense. But he should be—he's a guy who should be making two and a half to three million. And they found common ground, and everybody wins. And if he stages some sort of you know scenario where he doesn't want to stay, and he ends up on the open market, he's not going to make what he's making now with the Patriots. Uh, two two more quick notes before we uh, end today's news segment. Congratulations to Antonio Cromartie and his wife Tarika, or Tarika. Probably not Terica, because that's too close to terrible. So it would be Terica have welcomed twins, the cornerbacks' 11th and 12th children after, of course, uh, Terica got pregnant after Antonio's vasectomy. Have you heard about this, uh, Mark? Yes. Does it scare you at all, by the way? Why? And that's... You know, two kids, you're done. I would think you're... I would never have that procedure done on my body to begin with. You wouldn't? No. Um, the name of the, the baby boy is a boy and a girl. Uh, for the kid's name is Jinx. I don't know if that's tied into the vasectomy thing Whoa. or what. Or, no, is it? I'm not even joking. I don't think, I don't think so. <laughs> it was kind of a jinx. You don't think he's clever enough? J-Y-N-X. Uh, I don't think so. And then That uh, would be horrible. Little girl is J-Adore. Not, I'm struggling with these names. Jay Adore, Na, Navi, Cromartie. So congratulations. That one rolls off the tongue. I mean, he, to the Cromarties. He struggled Stop to name all his babies. children during that one infamous Hard Knocks segment. So maybe he's coming up with names that are in, in any state unforgettable. Twelve, twelve children by eight different women. He's prolific. Absolutely, he's elite when it comes to procreation. Uh, doesn't have a job either, by the way. I wonder if. Uh, that's gonna the other shoe will drop there because he still could play a little bit. Area millionaire wouldn't be work. surprised if the Jets uh, bring yeah, it back. They've not, showed, they've showed some willingness to not completely. You know, we're, there's some complaints circling around the office that our we had to handle one or two children during Mother's Day. Yeah. Well, if you're Antonio Cromartie, no, you're banged. You're going to be tested. All your limits will be tested. Banged in a big spot. Uh, Mike Tirico, it's official, leaving ESPN for NBC. Uh, one of the great play-by-play men of his generation. Uh, here's the quote from Sam Flood, executive producer of NBC Sports, and I agree with every damn word. Mike is an elite talent who can contribute to all of our biggest events. There you have it. Tarico, NBC, look out, Al Michaels. Love you, Al. Love you, baby. Love your little, uh, you know, the subtle nods toward the gambling line at the end of each Sunday night game uh, sometimes. Love the, the chemistry between you and Chris. 
But Mike Tirico ain't signing that contract to sit at somebody's backup for too long. <laughs> You're absolutely. This is the Packers drafting Aaron Rodgers. Right. Well, hopefully it's a cleaner transition than that. Oh, I'm sure yeah. there'll be some bad blood. And uh, your boy, a Boston product, Sean McDonough, will replace Tarico and call games with uh, John Gruden. Good to see him back on the big stage. Sean McDonough's great. I mean, he does college football. That's a big stage, I guess. He used to do the World Series. He's Tirico's a great announcer. like the John Stockton of play-by-play. Who? Tarico. Like He's solid. He's great. I'm not. He doesn't excite me like, wow. like he excites wow. you. I think he's a unique wow, talent. I agree with Dan, even though he's not my absolute You have like Greg's favorite. view of the office is how you view Mike Tarico. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, Dan, by the no, way. No, I think I'm more – I'm higher on Mike Tirico. Than no, I'm high on the office. Fine. Seven, Gre- if Greg seven had a out chance, of ten. If Greg was sitting in a boardroom in 2005 and – Seven out of ten. And he was showing the pilot, he would have been like, nah, don't see the potential. Did you know – true fact, I worked at NBC Productions in their production office when the office was gestating and when they were making the pilot. And you so on a very indirect level, you could say I even – you know, sort of. And your bad blood towards how that opportunity ended led to how you felt about the office. <laughs> that's, that's not true at all. <laughs> Just trying to connect the dots. We hey, can Dan. agree on one thing, Greg. Sean McDonough is a solid, we'll solid say, play-by-play we, we hear good buzz about him. Well, I think we've watched him. Have we not? I mean, Did, I don't remember anything that he's ever done, really. Did right. the Joe yeah. Carter call uh, when oh, really? Carter won the World a long Series. time then. Yeah. 1993. Yes, uh, the Irishman. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Season 5 of The Office had 10 Emmy nominations. <laughs> that so means nothing. That means absolutely Bring, nothing. Take it up with the Academy. You no, know I will take them. a lot of things up with the Academy. All that is, those awards are you, garbage. You, 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 you could pick it up with the Academy, and we'll have to put down the chisels. I'm sorry. And I'm going to pick up an Emmy <laughs> for having their back. Yeah, the same the same group of people that, that believe Modern Family is 45 times better show than The Wire. <laughs> All right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, as promised. Oh, we love doing over-unders around here. Some more than others. Greg loves doing over-unders. Like, I think we have to come up with another name for it. It's kind of like go get my uh, sandwich. Why, it's offensive to lunch. women? No, well, it just you know gets to the um, the nature of the NFL, I feel like. Okay. Like got uh, Al Michaels has clever ways to come up mm. with things. We might have to. We might have to come up with them. How about higher, lower? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> higher, Bob. Lower, Bob. Al Michaels might be available for the podcast. How about more, less, Wait or the bit. same? <laughs> How about for now we stick with over unders, and then maybe we'll think tank this over some coffee in Danish and get back to us. And anybody who's been asking, yeah, spice rack the decision. No decision's been made. There's a tentative ban in place. I got, really? I yeah. got a 1,500-word email from the Spice Rack over the week. 1,500 words? Yeah. We're going to read that on the separate Spice Rack email podcast. <laughs> oh, that's a Did good. he offer any sleeper rookie candidates in that email? We're still waiting. <laughs> he, he did offer them, and he explained, or at least he tried to explain, why he did not offer them on the podcast. Wow. Teasing the audience. He got inside Plus. his own head and started cooking dinner up there and couldn't finish. Wow. Are you saying that maybe we should, you know, have a little leniency towards the appearance appearance, give him another shot? Is that where you're coming down on now, Wes? I I believe we should, but I wouldn't want to speak for the whole group on this Mm. issue. I believe in third and fourth chances, so I would say yes, bring him back. Can we post this email somewhere? We need off season content. I feel like there's (laughs) feel like there's part of it we can post and part of it I can't post. (laughs) All right. How about this? If Spice Rack's listening right now, and I think he might, you can come back on the show if you allow us to publish your email in full <laughs> no, on NFL.com. Head to toe. Head to toe. We really can't do that. 
Maybe on the Reddit page. Yeah, we can do it on the Reddit page. <laughs> All right. So here's the game. Over-unders on rookies, ampersand, old faces, slash new places. <laughs> Workshop in that. You were catch, reticent catch to use that second and between old faces, new places. You a little bit. Don't want to do it. I don't think it looks as good. So I'll throw out a bunch of, um, you know, um, really projections if you really want to get down to it. Uh, on the rookie class and also any players, veteran players that have changed addresses in this offseason. Um, if I could just find my paperwork on this, and I have, and we will start with one of the more sexy names out of the draft class, Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, guys? Yes, sir. We're, we're kind of going to blow through these sometimes. Maybe we'll, if there's something we want to talk about a, on, about a player or a team, Feel free to dig in a little bit, but here we go. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 1,400 all-purpose yards, eight total touchdowns, 330 touches. I'll go over on the yards and touchdowns. Over. So over you think on the yards and touchdowns. An immediate Pro Bowl-type start. Well, when rookie running backs don't play, it's usually because they're lacking the fundamentals. Uh, especially pass blocking, and from all accounts, that's his specialty. Yeah, everything we keep hearing is that he's the almost the ultimate plug-and-play uh, uh, offensive player. It's easier to transition at running back than it is in other positions, and even beyond that, he is such a well-polished player. Yeah, I think that's conservative. Touches is the only one that is, is I close. I did I did a piece trying to project that. I said 350, something like two, you know, 300 carries, 50 catches, something like that. Uh, I mean, Gio Bernard's gotten 1,200 yards from scrimmage in two of his three years. So 1,400 yards from scrimmage is not a huge number uh, if you're getting a lot of carries and you're active in the, well, in the receiving game. I'll throw it out there that they do have a guy. It was a weird year for running backs. I get it. But I think Darren McFadden was like third in the NFL in rushing last year, third or fourth. And they have Alfred Morris, who <clears throat> they didn't sign for no reason. So there's some there's some uh, cooks back there, and they might want to not burn out a rookie early in his career, a guy they probably see as a 10-year talent potentially. I'm going to go under across the board mm. just because, A, why not, and B, you know, weird things happen in the NFL. They're not all good things. All right, I like Thanks that. Thanks for raining on our parade. Sessler stepping well, back from parade. Per- <laughs> predicting injuries outright. Now he just like, I didn't allude, say injury. I think it's there's you know, who knows what could happen to the entire world. Um <laughs> all right. wait, the end of uh oh. I didn't You're say I don't know. I'm just saying I'm not it's Sessler like about oh new star, seventeen hundred yeah. No, I'm not gonna I'm gonna slow down on that. Let's see what happens. I've been wrong ninety five percent of the time, so this is good news for the three of you. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Um all right, here we go. Uh, in Denver, they have some interesting things going on at the quarterback position. Mark Sanchez and Paxton Lynch both new to the Broncos, so they're both tied into this, and it's a simple one. Paxton Lynch, Lynch, seven and a half starts over under. Seven and a half. I'll take the over because I think it's probably closer to sixteen. Woofa! I'll take the over for two words, Mark Sanchez. Okay. I think you put the number. Right at the right spot there, Danny. Oh, thanks, Greg. That means a lot coming from you, too. Do <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah. uh, I like I like these numbers. We like I, your opinions. I, I would have said <laughs> I think he'll come in around week seven, week seven or eight, so I guess that would be eight or nine starts, assuming he stays healthy. I guess I'll go slightly over. I think I think they will give a chance to Sanchez. When I was looking for when will Lynch start a game, they, they have a Thursday to Monday night transition with ten days in between after six weeks. And that would set up old Paxton for his first start. 
to be against the Houston Oilers and Brock Osweiler. Wouldn't that be something? The Oilers? Houston Texans. <laughs> I, I will I will use your own logic that you've thrown out, which I, which I agree with from the past, which is week seven is a really, really long time if things are not going well in Denver. Right. And it could be by the end of week two that people have had enough of Mark Sanchez. And Elway has already talked about Lynch as someone that could start a lot earlier than people think. I just think it's going to be way before week seven. Well, your logic is sound on one level and unsound on another. It's sound on multiple levels, the, but I will hear what you have to say. I will say. hear the, the flannel felines to my left here. Wes and Seth. both this is be- Lennon, baby. Okay. That's a nice shirt. I like it. Thank you. Uh, you both West believe. stepping up the clothes game in general. This plays well on an audio podcast. Stepping <laughs> up my game for everything. Um, all right, Wes, settle down. Settle down. <laughs> Paxton Lynch, uh, you guys think he's going to be a, a starter out of the gate or close to it. I will say, Greg, uh, Mark, to your point, Mark Sanchez could be uh, a big problem after two or three weeks, but that to me was the whole problem with banking on Mark Sanchez in the first place. Mm. He might be forced to go to a guy that's not ready because the guy that he brought in, Mark Sanchez, isn't good. Could be a messy situation. Nobody's you saying you're, you're agreeing with me. I am, but I'm saying it's because John Elway's going to box himself in a he little bit. He still has his anti-Elway point well, he's trying to in make. No way ride, that, he, ride that one and see where that's going. In no you. way was John Elway ever banking on Mark Sanchez. Okay. Well, he he's going to be a starting quarterback. I have not but. ruled out a Case Keenum uh, or someone like him, but especially Case Keenum introduction to the Broncos, whether it's in the next couple months or it's early in training but, camp. I could just – can't you see that happening? Doesn't mean he's going to be starting, but maybe he'll be an option to start in the middle of the year. I don't year. see it happening for the the reason why they didn't sign Hoyer because they want to give all these reps to the two quarterbacks they have. All right, let's move down. We love talking about the AFC South now, Wes. What do you like to call it? That uh, the area of the football world that doesn't get enough oh, love. Oh, the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Of, of the NFL. And Nashville is in that triangle, uh, but maybe not anymore, depending on how the season shapes up. But their new backfield um, <clears throat> nucleus of DeMarco Murray, Ampersand, Derek Henry. Here we go. Start with DeMarco. 4.0 yards per carry over under. I'm not saying anything about it. His workload. Combined? No, ju- just his yards per carry this season. DeMarco Murray. Oh, okay. Just Murray. Yep. 4.0. He's going to average four yards a carry in Tennessee. It's a tough one. What was he last year? Three point six. Yeah, and I think he was around five the year before. That offense didn't really fit his skill set, and his legs were tired from the year before. I mean, if you're buying the Titans at all, you got to go over. I am buying the Titans. You got to go over. I'm going over then. Woo! I'll go over too. (laughs) I'm going to go under. I'm not really buying the Titans or. Murray necessarily. The odds are guys like Murray don't really bounce back that hard. Maybe he bounces back to four oh four one and he's solid. Uh by but season I'm going under. Since entering the league, DeMarco, um five point five, four point one, five point two, four point seven, and then led the league that year, and then a crash down to three point six last year. So he's over five for his career. His career is at four point six. Last year really dragged him down. I mean, can we view last year as in everything that could go wrong did situation? Could be or you could look at it as like it's coming back off of a 500-touch season and it'll never quite be the same again. Yeah. All right. But, okay. But often, play two games and have four yards per carry. Who knows? Often the guys with huge <laughs> workloads true. have a horrible next season and yeah. bounce back a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And now this will uh, play into the usage. Derrick Henry over under 200 carries as a rookie. Under. <sighs> I go under, but if you said touches, I'd probably go. Over. I'd still go under. I, well, he wouldn't. He's not going to have a lot of catches, is he? In general, this guy depends who you listen to. Like the book on him from a lot of people was that he's not a great receiver, and then when teams worked him out, 
they thought he looked like a really natural pass catcher. Mm. Right, he never had a chance in college. He has almost no production in the passing game. I I I had him around 150 touches. I I think this is DeMarco Murray's offense and unless it goes horribly wrong, Henry's going to have games where he gets six carries or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you said 200 rushes. Yep. I mean, there was only one only Gurley had among rookie running backs had over 200 last year. I that's the scenario. safely going to be under. I mean, this is the scenario where DeMarco Murray's the same player as he was last season. He stinks, and then the rookie shows something and starts taking over the offense. Fans will be screaming for him. Well, I think they'll be trying to make it work with DeMarco Murray for a large enough part of the season where it would be late in the year that he gets close if you're Henry. I had a, I had a Henry one while we're here. Oh, yeah. Let her rip. Might as well. Over under uh, Derrick Henry's carries, over under... Devontae Booker of the Broncos carries. Oh, you are in love with Devontae Booker. It's a good situation. That's I'll all. take I'll take Henry over Booker. Booker in Denver has a good chance to supplant C.J. Anderson, <laughs> according to uh, according to a lot of draft nicks. According to Daniel well, Jeremiah, thinks he's the best running back on the team. Bucky Brooks thinks he is too, but they're not running the Denver Broncos. They didn't just hand C.J. Anderson twenty million dollars. He's making five million this year. I think he'd be a one and a one B, where he's playing the Ronnie Hillman and or he's playing what C.J. Anderson right. was last year. C.J. Anderson's no sure bet to roll in in top shape either. We've seen this that's, multiple that's times. There, he was also the AFC's best running back. Hey, multiple teams, you know, we're trying to hire D.J. It's because he knows multiple something. teams. We're trying to hire C.J. Anderson too. That's fair. <laughs> All right, I have a bit of this next one. I have a bit of a um, Sessler. I think Joey Bosa is going to be a star in this league, guys, and uh, I think he's going to make an immediate impact in San Diego. So I'm going to put his over-under in sacks as a rookie. Nine and a half. Who's coming with me? We're going above and beyond. Who? Joey Bosa. I'm going under on sacks. I don't know if that's the position he's going to – and I don't think that's the role he's going to play. You don't think he's going to be – What do you mean? I don't think he's going to be like some terror off the edge rusher. Why well, take him third? I think they're kind of hoping he is on some level. Uh, I'm going to go under because I think over time, if this actually was a thing that paid you know, real money, you'd probably do well betting unders on rookies having lots of sacks. That's hard. I'll go with not you, a lot man. of rookies have a lot of sacks. That's all I'm saying. I'll go with you. I'm riding with the hands. Of oh, I love it. And because I rode with you with P90X, I knew you could do it, and you really you're doing a great job wow. with it. And now you're riding with me. I will not prove you wrong. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, the one and two pick, uh, the number one and number two overall pick in this draft. Goff, number one. Uh, they will combine for 16 and a half starts over under. 16 and a half starts. Oh. Goff and Wentz. This is the easiest one. Over. Yeah, over. Way over. Because Goff is the over under on Goff might be 16. I know. Injury. Other than I mean, yeah, injury. barring injury, probably the over under would be about thirteen. You're right. Uh, didn't you write? Didn't you write, Greg, in a piece that I read and quite enjoyed that there is a real path to Carson Wentz just staying on the bench all year because the amount of money the yeah. Eagles have invested in their quarterbacks this season. Yes, and now that Bradford is back in the mix, that seems even more possible. But that felt like a position of mine that was a little out on a limb. Probably not. Not everyone's expecting him to. St- to sit all year. So that's why. 
I think it's an easy one. Go. I think it's safe that it's over. It's, I mean, you don't take these players one and two if they're not going to play much sooner than anyone saying, oh, they're going to sit for an entire year. My name's Carson Wentz, whatever. How about <laughs> tough week, though, for Chase Montana uh, with Sam showing back up? Mm. Fans. What, continues to make millions of dollars without actually exerting any physical effort? <laughs> they do Wait, practice. On the, on he does the have to practice. I like, I like him a lot, but his career is beginning to look like one where he'll sit for nine and a half years well, you have and to make go, a ton of that. cash. You have to go to training well, camp and, and practice and do all those sort of things. Well, you're right about that. Wes, you got one? I have an over-under. Okay. Over-under three games before Devontae Booker becomes the greatest fourth-round pick in the history of football. Wow. You just hate the Total shot at wow. Greg. I don't I don't have any great belief in him. Well, he looks I, good. If he's so great, why did he last to the fourth round? Everybody's convinced that this guy's an awesome running back, and he's That's a fourth-round pick. That's fair. Sometimes fourth-round picks are good. Can you guys, a- at running you guys back? ask this out in private? I don't. It's just I don't know. Damn. That's one hype train. Wes is not. I got one for you. How <laughs> right. about that? I'm open minded to it, but I just don't think. All right, C.J. Anderson's the best running back in the AFC down the stretch and a Super Bowl. You're hero. You're a big Anderson fan. That's he's fair. He's a Super Bowl hero. You're just gonna bench him for some rookie that got drafted in like 130 picks in or whatever. I would think in a in a perfect world, if if you were believing in Booker, then Anderson gets 250 touches and Booker gets 200, and it's a nice little group. That's all. It's nice to share the wealth. Or Booker is Ronnie Hillman. Yeah, who, are you who was drafted? Who really who knows? Was drafted considerably higher and came with just as much pub <clears throat> and didn't do jack. One thing I found doing that running back piece, I mean, all of these fourth round, fifth round running backs were drafted into perfect situations to get touches early. So if they're good, there'll be some fourth or third rounders playing, whether it's Seattle or Kenneth Dixon in Baltimore. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Bears. I mean, there's a lot of open spots. You had one, Mark? Uh, sure, let's let's try it out. Uh, how many times during the regular season will Chip Kelly sneer with comprehensive disdain at a reporter, responding to a fair question with a mumbled non-answer that borders psychologically on antisocial paranoia mixed with a raging sense of megalomania? I'm putting the over-under at 67 times during the regular season <laughs> that Chip Kelly refuses to treat journalists like living, breathing human beings 67 times. What say you? Well, I need a li- I need a little history <laughs> over under. Well, who what was is, it last year? Who is keeping track of this? Like that because that's important. Marcus, who is it? Cool. Well, now I will. I wasn't. Key- I don't have the official. You don't number have any on numbers last on last year, year, but I mean, we have a sense. So of you're saying that the it's person like every time he speaks. So you're saying that the person who sets up the rules of the game also gets to decide if it. Well, all right. We'll put a third party who has okay, no Roger. stakes at it. Put a third party at it. I don't. Are you I, talking about the Irishman? It sounds like it would take up a lot of time anyway. So I'm happy to have someone else Maybe do the work. The Irishman's insolence earlier today. We should. I'm going over. I am going way over, <laughs> because he meets. He has to meet with the media four times a week, at least during the season. Plus, he got training camp. Add that up. That's got to be 120, 150 times. Safe. Uh, you don't that, think he can resist taking shots at journalists? I think just being in the room, he probably you can ring the bell. That's where I'm coming from. I need a little perspective. I need to know like what's the average amount of sneers for a coach, what's considered <laughs> high, what's considered low. He's got to be at the high end of this question. Seems like the smart money's on the over, according to Greg's math. <laughs> I, I have to. I'm going to hold out on this one. This feels like a trap. He can't vanish like Howard Hughes. He's got it. He said he's got to be <laughs> out there four or five times a week. It's probably on the higher end, whatever. Basically, you're saying, if you're saying under, you're saying, I believe that he comes with a different attitude because I think his his historical stats would, would have gone over 67 above, I think last above, year in Philly. Safely. 
All right, a couple more from me here. Uh, the top ten guys in the draft, real quick. Goff, Wentz, Bosa, Elliott, Ramsey, Stanley, Jack Conklin, my favorite name in the draft, DeForest Buckner, uh, Leonard Floyd, and Eli Apple. Last year, guys, there were three top ten players that went to the Pro Bowl, Jameis Winston, Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. and Todd Gurley. Over, under, for Pro Bowl selections, and keep in mind sometimes it's this guy called in sick, this guy lost his homework, blah, blah, blah. That counts. Go to the Pro Bowl, you go to the Pro Bowl. Two and a half Pro Bowl selections. Oh, wait, under. Two and a half. I would have I would have I've have, gone on under at one. I have no idea. Push. I don't even know how you figure it out when a guy like Jameis Winston goes because thirty seven other people decided not you to. You gotta figure Ezekiel Elliott has the best chance of the rest of the top ten. And then for everyone else, that is an uphill battle to try to make the Pro Bowl. I mean it's an uphill battle for Elliott. Jalen Ram- Ramsey, I think he would be uh to me somebody who jumps out. I've already stated that Joey Bosa could have an early breakout season. You can. Uh, this is going to sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm a little surprised Brian Hoyer was not in the Pro Bowl last year. <laughs> by the time everyone yeah, checked out? Yeah, by the time out. everyone takes vacations and says, no, I'm not going. I mean, they're down to like the 18th best quarterback. I'll, I'll go under. Uh, good question, though, Dan. That's right. right. And uh, one more. Here we go. This one should, this should inspire some opinions on both sides. Mark has another one, too. Well, it's the last one for me. Okay. Uh, Mario Williams... And Jason Pierre-Paul, two veteran pass rushers uh, that inspire a lot of opinion in this room. Well, we have a sandwich prop. Combined uh, phalanges. Based on the only the first ever sandwich prop that included a named judges panel. Do you remember this? <laughs> right. Someone has to decide who had a better season. Right. Between these two Between guys? Between those two. And oh, I, I didn't remember that. Wow, yeah, I have funny. JPP. <clears throat> Wes says Mario well, Williams. Better. And a three-man football panel will decide. Uh <laughs> the over/under is thirteen and a half sacks combined. <laughs> Vegas obviously does not see this. So Williams will have to get at least a dozen. A of big year <laughs> for either player. JP, the you know the glove uh, fits. He's gonna get some sacks. He will JPP acquit can himself. run well. really fast past the quarterback, according uh, to Pro Football Focus. Hey, the club is off. JPP is gonna be great. Mario Williams, even in a bad year, can get seven. So I'm gonna go over. I'll go over because Williams will get 12 and JPP will get his usual one. <laughs> his usual. I'll go under. I think Williams has the chance to be a total headache if things go south. Oh, Mario Williams is playing for the Miami Dolphins on his third <laughs> contract. That's going to go great. Does anybody know the history of the sport? And then the guy with the finger problem, you know, got all the tools. Except like I said, could have bring guys down. I got a feeling it's going to be way under. But Getting the club off is a huge thing, though. That he's How do you wearing- know? By precedent? <laughs> I don't know, because it seems impossible to <laughs> tackle someone with a club. Seems impossible now to tackle he's got somebody a without a thumb. Well, I don't know. I've never tried. I can't wait. I'm on this panel. Who else was on? It was it me, Mark, and somebody else? Was that what it was? Yeah. I don't remember being named to a panel. Maybe you weren't here, but there there was you a panel. You can't do that. It's then. on gogetmylunch.org, so I'll find it while while we're talking. I, I'm looking forward to this panel. You can't just name someone to a panel when they're not here. <laughs> wait, you don't want to be on the I panel you or can. I just want to be asked. <laughs> Mark, will you be on the panel, please? Wow, this is we'll ta- your, not that. a good look for anybody. Wait, it's a bad, it's a bad thing when Mario Williams has already been quoted saying he's much more focused this year and he's trying. Like I, that, that those quotes always bother you because you're just calling yourself out for not being focused at mm-hmm. all. Enough of this guy. Mm-hmm. Come back to us, Mario. All right, one more from the Sizzler. Uh, all right, I had two, but I will just use one. Here we go. <laughs> How many posts? Do both. You can do both. All right. The first one is quick. 
game losing flubbed field goals by hyper controversial rookie Bucks kicker Robert Gaigayo. I put the number at two. Gaio? Game losing flubbed field goals. I'm giving him two. He's going to be under the microscope. So they're going to be two kicks that either they have a chance to tie or win the game and he'll miss them? Bingo. I'll go under. You know what? I'm going to say the Bucks brain trust nailed this and he's going to be a sensation. So right, I'll say under. under. I don't think he's going to be a sensation, but I also don't think he's going to be flubbing all these games. So I'll go, still go under. He'll he'll be the most uh, entertaining Bucks kicker since Martin Grammatica injured himself. Donald uh, mm. Low light. I'm hoping you're yeah. right. I'm it hoping might not it's have under. Even been the Bucks, but you 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 have a feeling it's going to be over. No, I just think he's going to be on the radar. Any a lot you know, of pressure on a yeah, young kid. Exactly. All right, here we go. How many posts will the combined six ATN writers ultimately? Pen on any apple between today and the end of Super Bowl 51. I'm putting the number at five. Super Bowl 51. I'll take the under. I think this this is like her 15 minutes of fame, and I don't think she's gonna she's not gonna have the state. Wait, who was writing them? Well, all six combined, all of four of us in Connor Orr and Kevin Patra. I'll go under. I'll break this down a little bit too. Beyond um, the that type of post would usually fall under the old Zeusers domain. But I have not been gripped by Annie Apple fever. I think it's a nice little story. She's outspoken. We've done a few posts. And she's, she's I like funny it. on Twitter. And, and she's had some positive uh, network television appearances. But I have not written about her yet uh, for a reason. I'm just not as like enamored by her. So then somebody else has to step up to ha- do like kind of the pop culture NFL beat on this. Maybe, maybe uh, Connor Orr. I don't think Wes is writing an Apple piece. I know Mark I is. I kind of like I kind of like her. I would have written one last week. Mm. Interesting. We know Mark Mark won't say it on the pod, but there's been a lot of anti-Annie uh, sentiment. I don't know. Help me I, out, I'll, Wes. I'll stick up for Mark here. It has nothing to do with Annie Apple That's herself. Right. It's the reaction. It's the, I would say, going overboard reaction. Well, to my point, you're not going to feed into it with more media. As, you know, you're probably not going to be involved. So I would so. be hypocritical if I'm – you know, antagonizing the media for too much attention, then adding to it. And then it's the boss. Patrick Which I've done right now. Patrick's not doing anything like that. He, uh, he Patrick's a wild card. Yeah, Never he's a little bit Patrick. of a wild card, but I could also see him, you know, doing the Patrick thing. Oh, this is bull****. I'm not doing this. Bull****. <laughs> and then there's yeah, Greg. Patrick also just cranks out stories. You never know. He's a cranker. Yep. Uh, Mark, just to update you, you are on a five-person panel. Uh, you were not asked. You were assigned to the panel. I'd, I'd officially like to ask you: Can you evaluate whether JPP will have a better season than, or had a better season than Mario Williams at the end of the year? It's you, Dan, Connor, or Kevin Patra, and David Ely somehow. Yeah, five-person panel. A lot less work attached to that. That was my main concern. I'll join. How did Ely get on that panel? I think we needed an odd number. Oh, yes, no. that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I remember that now. Well, welcome aboard, Ely. All right. So whatever the Annie Apple one, I'm going with under. Good for you. Oh yeah, under. <laughs> Good one, Mark. I can control that. <laughs> All right, that's it. Making the desk write it. Good pod, guys. Solid A minus. Um, we will be back on Wednesday uh, with uh, another show. Three shows this week, everybody. Um, so make sure you check it out Wednesday. We'll have more uh, great football talk, uh, which is what we do on the show. Uh, keep on leaving comments over on iTunes. So make sure to check us out on Wednesday. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Your Quiet Storm. You're busy on that research project, Mark. The mailman. The boss. And the Irishman behind the glass. Till Wednesday.
Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Come. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.